Welcome back to Faith FM Australia. You're here on The Breakfast Show with Mon and Tavern. And we are going to give you another clue for our What Book Am I quiz? Yes, we are. Okie dokie. This clue is a quote, Mon. Are you ready? Do you know where this quote is from? What book is this quote from? We have been unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women from the peoples around us. But in spite of this, there is still hope for Israel. Oh, that's the quote. That's the quote. What book is that from? Uh, I, I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> if you think you know where that verse is from, do indeed give us a call. You know the number. It's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Um, text 0491-064-669. I'm surprised no one's gotten this yet. I think they're starting to get a little bit easier. I'm not surprised. Like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> with just hearing that, I wouldn't have known where that book, like, what? Do you know what? That from? Do you know what? Let's be generous. Give us another clue. Really? Yeah, go on, go on. So the fourth clue here. In my first chapter, Cyrus of Persia makes a proclamation that the Jews may return to Jerusalem and begin rebuilding the temple. Mm. Mm. That's really easy now. Uh, see, I'm not so familiar with this book. I wouldn't have gotten it still. Well, it's not so much uh, familiarity with the book, but just like how it relates to. I'm familiar with this. Like, yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Like I would have guessed like a couple of mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. minor prophet books, <coughs> um, but I probably would have gone for another one before I went okay. for this one. Maybe it's just me because um, Cyrus is actually one of my all time favorite characters of the Bible. There you go. It's yeah. just you then. Yeah. Just- <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. It's just me. Yeah. <laughs> being oh, a smarty pants. <laughs> how cool was it having Rich Aguilar? on the show oh dude that guy has has an incredible life yeah like, incredible life he incredible story. lives an incredible life i wish that i could do that which is you know which is wonderful because you think people probably would have thought that he lived an incredible life as an architect because you know architects are something yeah. to, to be you know to sniff at and um but you know this is the theme that is constantly repeated that when you decide to give your life over to god and let him guide your path what you have planned for yourself is not even a stitch on what God has for yeah. you. You know, the plans that God has for you are always so much better than what you could ever cook up in your own mind. Yeah. Like, ever. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it blows my mind. Uh, yeah. Same. Good. And the fact that, you know, he has such an important responsibility, mm. like mm-hmm. shaping the like the children of today yeah like the next generation of kids and just really like instilling in them mm-hmm. um the creation truth because yes. i think that that's something that's so heavily attacked it's so yeah discredited mm-hmm. in schools mm-hmm. and in on the media and everything you watch these days and listen to from the secular world it's all like evolution 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 um and yeah. so like having a foundation to believe creation um, that isn't false, like, mm-hmm. and just a silly idea, mm-hmm. you know, sets kids up for life, yeah. you know, and yeah, establishes them without, you know, establishes their faith from such a young age. And I think that that's so important. Yeah. But do you know what? It's not, it's not just, you know, the secular world that attacks um, creationists. We even get attacked from within, you know, even yeah. within Christendom, within, within religions, you know, you'd think a religious, uh, any sort of religion would, um, you know, atone creation to christ or to god and instead you have this whole hodgepodge of theories and theologies that are coming out of this now which is so sad and like i've been pretty disgusted to see that taught 
in Christian education settings, um, you know, they have this whole um, God used evolution to create mm, the world, which to me yeah. is actually worse yeah. than just straight evolution or just straight creationism. It's like be one or the other. Don't be this nonsense in the middle. Because if you think about it, it's like you're admitting there's a God who is perfect and holy and just and that this perfect loving God would use something um, that is flawed and that requires death mm. to create, you know, the world. You know, Darwinism, you know, survival of the fittest is not pretty. Yeah, it's not pretty. Things die in yeah. the horriblest way in yeah. in Darwinism, and to and to say that God used that method to yeah. create us, yeah, is is a blight and an attack on His character. Mm. So if you're going to believe evolution, just believe the evolution. Yeah, like don't, don't you know take the don't full attribute measure. that to the God of the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be one or the other. Don't be lukewarm. Yeah, be hot or cold. Oh, so yeah, yeah that, that's my little beef <laughs> about that. But I do think what Rich Aguilera and uh, in his ministry, the One Mustard Seed, is doing is very important because. Um, you know, it's providing resources and teaching tools as well for mm. mothers and fathers yeah. to educate Parents their kids. And teachers and, teachers. and Sabbath school leaders. Yes. And yeah. In fact, if you're uh, listening now and you are in any way involved uh, with children and with, the, and with their lives, you have kids in your care or you teach Sabbath school classes or any in any capacity, mm. um, we would recommend that you jump across to onemustardseed.com and you check out the books and the videos and the movies mm. um, that One Mustard Seed has produced about creation, about you know putting God back in His rightful mm. place and uh, and attributing. Uh, creation to him yeah and i love that you were asking you know is it just for kids like can i get it but it's so true right like i feel like this is interesting for adults as well like i would love to read some of that like as soon as this show is over i'm going to be online (laughs) buying that devotional book yeah yeah (laughs) yeah because when he said that he was there when the berlin wall fell that just blew my mind like i have um i have the only fridge magnet i own is actually a little piece of the berlin wall what yeah that's so cool yeah i went to germany uh 2011 and uh, and i was in berlin yeah one hands down the single most interesting place i've ever been yeah oh i agree there Uh um you know modern and and ancient is mind-blowing every corner every step you take yeah and uh yeah and i managed to um secure a little piece of it and it's in like a little plastic um display thing you know that's so cool i want some of that yeah (laughs) (laughs) just go back to germany and get some just go back on over to Berlin (laughs) so when he was talking about you know how he wrote uh, a devotional like an adventure a travel devotional um, you know one page every day whatever it was a devotional for every day 365 adventure stories um, pointing to God um, I want that book yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. knowing you know what I like to read what I'm interested in and I just can't imagine that any kid would not be so inspired I still remember as a kid you know uh, when my mum and dad uh, would let me read um, this there was this thing called Voyager. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure those of you who were like born in the 80s, raised in the 90s, like yeah. me, you know Voyager, Voyager one and Voyager two, and they were these adventure devotional books for kids, and they cool. were just the best. Yeah. And I remember them. I remember, it's yeah. like, like just seared in my brain. That's so um, cool. You know, these kids they got in this like time machine and would go back to Bible times, and they would like witness Bible stories happening. And that's real, amazing. Yeah, it's just incredible. So. The, it, I'm now in my mid 30s, and that's still stuck with me. Then, so if you if you think, oh, this is not that important for kids, it's not going to shape them, think again. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, well, we are like just blowing through our time chatting about we how really cool are. how cool one mustard seed ministry is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, today we are going to j- 
jump into our Bible study again. We're going to be finishing off talking about Armageddon. Is it a movie? Is an asteroid coming to Earth? What is happening? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, we've discovered it's not. No, no it's really <laughs> and, not. Um, we were looking at, um, you know, looking at Armageddon, and we were, were we've been turning to a particular story in mm. the Bible that is, in a way, a type of Armageddon. It gives us a, you know, a, a glimpse. Um, it gives us a, a uh, an idea of how it's going to happen because it's like a mini Armageddon happening, and it's showing this like a cosmic conflict, a great controversy happening, um, because we discovered that Armageddon it's a spiritual battle between Christ and Satan. And we, our hearts and our minds, we are the spoils. Yeah, that's you know, it. And so we need to decide yeah. who's, whose side do we want to be that's on. That's it. It's been a really good Armageddon. challenge this week. Yeah. yeah. Just to, you know, realign our hearts, realign our choices in our life mm-hmm. back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, with the battle that's going on, that's where we want to be. That's yeah. the side that we want to be on, you mm-hmm. know. We want to be with the good guys, yeah. not not the bad guys. Yeah, there's so many different beliefs about yeah. what Armageddon is. You know, this this uh, the, the plain of Megiddo, mm. you know, are there going to be like a, an army coming from Asia and going into the Middle East, you know, and then that heralds the end of the world? We know that stuff isn't true. Yeah, that's we don't not 100% know everything about what, you know, what the Bible means when it talks about Armageddon, but we do know it is a spiritual battle and it is happening in our hearts mm. every day. Every day you need to decide in that Armageddon happening in your heart, in your mind, which side you want to be on. That's it. So we're going to take a closer look again at this Mount Carmel occurrence. And um, this was quite interesting because, you know, uh, the the name the name Armageddon uh, seems to mean Mountain of Megiddo. Um, but however, there's actually no mountain in the area known mm. as Megiddo. But Mount Carmel was located in the vicinity. So, uh, so some scholars have actually seen the phrase Mount of Megiddo as a reference to Mount Carmel. Yeah, that's why in- we're linking it back yeah. to the story. And also because it is like a mini Armageddon. So it's very interesting that those two are linked. So we are having a look at the story of Elijah, the false prophets of Baal, the 450 false prophets. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. 450 false prophets of Baal, and uh, and of course um, we have Ahab, the rotten king, and uh, and we have Obadiah, the, the good prophet as well. He's uh, helping out um, Elijah in this story, and um, we're going to recap a little bit. I did read the whole thing out yesterday, but we're going to let you read that out at home. So that's in First Kings 18. Let's have a quick look. Do you know, um, do you know what? Let me let's skip the whole bit where he's chatting to Obadiah at the uh-huh. beginning because yep, yep. that was a big long chat, but. Do you want to give us in a nutshell what happens in the beginning with Obadiah? Yeah, sure. So Obadiah means messenger of God or servant of the Lord. And um, so what was going on was Obadiah was actually working for King Ahab. He was the prime minister and um, he was out um, helping. He'd taken a hundred prophets and hidden them um, 50 in one cave and 50 in the other. And he was taking food and water um like as much as he could. And then one day Elijah comes to him as he's out on the road taking his food and water to the prophets that he's kept Mm. um, safe from King Ahab, who was trying to kill all of the messengers and servants of God. Um, And so he was out trying to feed them and Elijah comes to him and is like, hey, take me to your king. And he was like, "Um, are you trying to kill me? (laughs) Because, you know, Elijah was King Ahab's most hated person ever. Mm -hmm. So he was seriously on a 
manhunt to kill Elijah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, the fact that Elijah showed himself to Obadiah w- meant that if Obadiah told the king, hey, I saw Elijah this morning, or if anyone else said, hey, we saw Obadiah with Elijah, then it was not going to be just Elijah's head that the king had, but it was going to be Obadiah's too. So, um, yeah, he was um, with a. Obadiah, and that was pretty much all that happened in that part, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and it's actually interesting because you can see God protecting Elijah because every time you know someone saw Elijah and reported it to Ahab, and so Ahab would come running so he could kill Elijah, only to discover that the person had that the Elijah had been spirited away; he'd been he disappeared yeah. um, by the grace of God, you know, away somewhere safe. And so, um, you know, and then that person because they had apparently told lies to Ahab they would lose their life but it's interesting to note how you know at 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 the big at leading up to this oh, I'm my words yeah. but at this time of Armageddon because they're you know about to have this epic showdown on Mount Carmel but that Lord is looking after his people. Mm. He's, you know, he's protecting them away. He's looking after them. He's taking care of them. He's protecting them from yeah. the oppressing forces, from the persecutors. So that is one thing that we can take home as well. Yeah. Um, looking at the way that God looked after Elijah. That's it. He will also look after us in, the, in times when we're being pursued for mm-hmm. our beliefs. Yeah. And even when um, Elijah was like, there are no other people around that serve Jesus as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Obadiah was a servant of God, even though he was yeah. in a high place. That's right. And it looked like he was serving an evil king. You know, mm-hmm. he really did. You know, God has his people everywhere. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so um, that was, yeah, that was a nutshell of verses 1 to 18. You know, and in many ways, uh, what we see here is a, a stark portrayal, you know, of this, of this uh, battle between good and evil, um, you know, the evil chasing the good, uh, you know, Ahab chasing Elijah around. And Elijah, he, he's he's no wuss. I mean, no, he has a wussy moment coming up later in the story, but he stays the I, issue. I feel like it's a... F- it, like it's a fair wussy moment though like it's yeah, not just yeah. that you're a sook but it's a legitimate like yeah. well it's it's human nature like yeah you, you have a big high and then you, you crash out that's and have it but um but he in this part he's just he's brave and he's oh, you know, yeah. he states the issue very plainly in verse 18 he's you know he says people have forsaken god's law and are worshiping and following false gods and this you know this has been a repeating problem you know it comes in so many different forms and ways um you know this evil is just it's constant throughout history. It's just manifested mm. throughout history. You know, it's it's us. It's yeah. the problem of us. Yeah. You know, we are either worshipping the God, the God who made heaven and earth and the sea and the springs of water, or we're worshipping someone or something else. Mm. And uh, and we've been talking in the last few weeks how we talk about default. Mm. Um, God is a God of love. He will never force you to choose him yeah so that's right you have the choice there and if you don't make that choice and you make no choice yeah then you've made a choice then you've made a choice yeah by default if you have made no choice it's kind of like catching a bus yeah <laughs> you're standing on the side of the road you need to make a decision whether or not you're going to put your arm out and you know signal the bus and catch the bus but if you're undecided and like you don't really know what you're doing and you don't decide to put your arm out and you don't decide to not put your arm out and you're still thinking about it, Mm. the bus will pass by. Exactly. And you have by default made a decision to not catch the bus. That's right. You need to get on the bus. Yeah. Make the decision. Put your arm out. Ask Jesus for help. Yeah. So. Good analogy. It was great, wasn't it? Yeah. Came up with it it on the spot. Catch the bus. Yeah. (laughs) Catch the bus. (laughs) Yeah. So we've been been learning about this default that there there is no middle ground. Mm. So we are either, you know, on the side of God or on the side of Satan. And that's how important the issues at stake are. So now, and especially in the Armageddon, 
Battle of Armageddon, um, where we, we will see in this story on Mount Carmel, the distinction becomes very clear. So we will look at the latter half now of First uh, Kings 18. Yes. So looking at verses 18 to 40, um, do you want to give us, uh, again, a nutshell of, or maybe should we should read this part out. Let's this, read this This is part. the important yeah. part, the big part. That's it. Yeah, 18 to 40, take it away. Okay. And he answered... This is Elijah. I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have. And in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah and uh, who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to the pe- all the people and he said, how long will you falter between two opinions? There's that um, catch the bus or don't catch the bus. Yep, yep. I love it. How long will you falter between two opinions? Mm-hmm. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves. Cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first for you are many and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given to them and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning even till noon saying, O Baal, hear us. But there were no voice and no one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is meditating or he is busy or he is on a journey or perhaps he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they cried louder and cut themselves as was their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday was passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered and no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seers of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood and said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar and he also filled the entire trench with water too. And as it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant, that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God, that you have turned their hearts back to you again. 
Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let any one of them escape. So they seized them and Elijah brought them down to the book Kidron and executed them there. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's an incredible story. We're going to have a little look at that uh, deeper. Um, We're going to come right back. This is Dolly Parton in the sweet by and by. But have a good think about that story and what just happened. We're going to discuss it uh, right after this song break.
was Dolly Parton with In the Sweet By and By. Beautiful song. And a very nicely sung. We are just finished reading the incredible account of Elijah on Mount Carmel. He's challenged the false prophets of Baal to build an altar and uh, and see if their false gods, these non-existing mm. gods, can actually set it on fire. Nothing's happened. They cut themselves. They chanted. They raved. They danced around for mm. a whole day. Nothing happened. Yeah. He built an altar to God, <clears throat> drenched it, saturated it with water three times, prayed one time, and God just burned the entire thing Even up. Even the stones. And the water. And the water. Licked everything up. Anyone who's ever tried to, everyone who's ever gone camping and tried to make a campfire out of soggy logs. No. You know it doesn't work. It doesn't you work. You know it doesn't work. So this is, a, this is an incredible, incredible gesture from God in so many ways. Then having proved that his God is a real God and that he is a true prophet of this real God, um, they've taken all these false, deceptive um, prophets and uh, who were more numerous than him, uh, which is a sad uh, forecast. Yeah. Well, um, there was 450 of them and there was one, one of him. But all you need is the right God. That's, that's the thing. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. And uh, they've taken all these false prophets and they've all been destroyed. And this is, in a nutshell, Armageddon. Mm. This is what it is. This is... These false prophets, these false teachers trying to convince the people. Oh, by the way, this was all on display. This was a huge show. This was a, a massive event. All of Israel was there watching this. Mm. And, they, and, they, and they were the audience. They were the ones that they were – that were. it was them that had to make the decision. Yeah. It was their minds that were being made up as they watched this. They were the spoils. It was their hearts and minds that this was for. Mm. So they're watching this event and it's them that have to decide who they're going to follow. And so they're watching these, and these false prophets who are trying to deceive them, trying to persuade them that Baal is, you know, the true God and, you know, that they need to cut themselves mm. in order to appease the gods and, that, you know, that they're self-mutilating, self-harming, um, chanting and, you know, getting into frenzies and, and, uh, and it doesn't work. No. And, then, and then, you know, we have the true God step in, show his character, um, save the life of Elijah and and this is what this is what Armageddon is. Yeah. We need to understand that we we have false teachings mm. trying to deceive us. That's it. It's not going to work, and it's going to ask you ask things that you don't need to give. Mm. You don't need to like you know self harm that kind of stuff. You don't need to. That's not what God wants. You know He wants a a, a contrite and a, and a and a humble heart. Yeah. And so we need to look to God. We look at you know all throughout the Bible the way God has delivered, the way God has burnt up those altars. And, uh, and recognize that when it comes to Armageddon, we are the Israelite children. That's right. We are the ones who are looking on. We are the ones yeah. who need to make the decision between, you know, which altar it is we want to yeah. pray at. That's right. Such a big story. Such Sharon. a big story. I love it. Yeah. So are we going to jump back to Revelation and compare this? Yeah, sure. Is that what we're going to do now? Absolutely. Cool. Let's do it. Revelation 16 verse 13. So we, we read about Armageddon in the book of um, Revelation. We jumped back to 1 Kings to take a look in a nutshell at what it actually is going to be like. And there we saw the Mount Carmel account. And so now we're heading back to Revelation. Mm. We'll turn in our pages for you so you can keep your hands on the wheel and keep driving to work. Yes, yeah, that's We know right. that's what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, or you got your... Your bowl of wheat bix in one hand, your spoon in the other, and you're shoveling furiously. <laughs> okay, Revelation chapter 16, verse 13. Go ahead. Says, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false 
profit. Mm. How is that relating back, Mon? Well, hang on. Let's read, let's read three oh, verses okay. all in a row and then we'll compare them all. Yeah. So we'll do 19 verse 20 and 21. Okie dokie. Um, it says, Then the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who was working signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword, which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Uh-huh. So here we have we here we have a fast forward and we mm-hmm. have a um a, a prophecy about what's gonna happen in the future. Yeah. And by looking back at what happened at Mount Carmel, yeah. we can know because the false prophets that we read there in uh, 13, 16 verse 13 are exactly the same as the false prophets on Mount Carmel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and like all of them in uh, 19 as well, uh-huh. they were talking about the false prophets um, and they were captured and, you know, they were killed. Yeah. Yeah. So which just further <laughs> goes to show that whatever it is that remains unknown about Armageddon, at least for now, we know the outcome, which yeah. is destruction of the enemies of God and vindication for God and his saints. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. I, and because like as a kid, when I was reading the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel, I always thought that it was interesting that, well, I just thought it was a bit weird and horrifying that mm-hmm. Elijah would then go and take all of those false prophets, like 450 of them, mm-hmm. to the Brook Kidron and execute them himself Mm -hmm. but when we look at that as an example of what's to come Mm -hmm. then i'm comforted by that fact because you know that's exactly what god is going to do he's Mm going to take all of the false prophets you know all of the injustice Mm -hmm. all of the deception and lies that has filled this planet and filled this earth that we have been living in that we have been deceived by as well Mm -hmm. and the devil himself and the devil himself and he is going to destroy, destroy them. Destroy yeah. all of it, yeah. And, uh, and and this is a great thing because, you know, we look at the book of Revelation and so many times we hear people getting a little bit scared, getting a little freaked out mm. because of the imagery. But there's no need to be freaked out because it tells you what's going to happen. It tells you how it's going to end. Yeah, that's and right. Like, you know, if you focus, you know, on the ending, you know, on the prophecies and what they say about how, how it's all going to come to pass – there's no need to be afraid. No, because it tells us that evil will have its end. Yeah, that's evil right. will be destroyed. We saw it; it already took place in Mount Carmel. Yeah, so we can comforted that God has already done it. Yeah, and when we look at the prophecies, um, when it talks about this Armageddon, you know, it, God promises He's going to do it again. That's it. All we need to do is make sure we're on the right team. Yeah. That's all we've got to do. We've got to decide to get on that bus, Mon. Got to stick that hand out. Yeah. Got to stick that hand out and ask God to stick us on the bus. That's it. Yeah, that's that's all it takes. So we're going to have a quick read uh, in the last few minutes here of 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 and 2. And although the the immediate context is perhaps a little bit different from Armageddon, there's a point here that Paul is making, and uh, it's 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 so relevant for us to remember, especially in the light of what you know what the future holds. So let's mm. have a look at that. It says, "Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which you also are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain." And I'm going to. Read accompanying that Revelation 16, verse 15, and it's uh, uh, sorry, verse, yeah, verse 15. And it says, Look, I will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Blessed are all who are watching for me, who keep their clothing ready so they will not have to walk around naked and ashamed. This is the God that is, you know, wants us to be saved. He's, he's mm. coming, He's promised He's coming. He tells us to be ready, He tells us to get ready. Um, 
And and we want to be ready. That's it. And I know that our listeners may be ready. You are listening. Yeah. You want to be ready as well. Um, so when we think about Armageddon, think about every morning getting ready for Christ. Mm. The Armageddon in your heart. Choose God. You know, choose God every single day. Stick that hand out to Him. Get on that bus. Mm. Taryn, do you want to close with prayer? I would for love us? to. Father in heaven, Lord, we just want to thank you so much that you are the one true God. That you, um, even though we know that we are yet to go through um, the battle of Armageddon, Lord, that that battle is happening in our hearts each and every day. And God, we just want to decide today to follow you. We want to be on your side. We want to put our hand out and catch the bus. Um, So Jesus, we just pray that you will be the Lord of our lives and that you will win the battle in each of our hearts. Um, So we thank you and we praise you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, next week we're going to continue our uh, Revelation studies. We are going to be changing topics a little bit, but we're still going to be in the book of Revelation. Coming up next, though, we have the question of the day. If you have a Q of the D or any kind of question whatsoever, give us a call now. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. That's 1-800-324-843. You can ask us any question you like and we will answer it on air.
Welcome back to Faith FM Australia. You're listening to 87.6, 87.8 and 88 FM. It is time for our Q of the D, our question of the day, which any one of you listeners can ask. Just text it or call us or email it to us. We will answer them all. We do have a question that's coming today, and I love this question, and I think it might be because they were listening to the quiz. I think so, because today the quiz has been, what book am I? And, of course, we're talking about a book of the Bible. And uh, I'll give you the last clue, and then I'll uh, give you the question for you Mm -hmm. to kick off. Okay, you ready? Mm -hmm. So the last clue is, I am one of the five Old Testament books whose name begins with E. Mm. Can you uh, name me some of the five... Old Testament books whose name begins with E? Nope. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to tell you because you I'll, might guess what it is. <laughs> I'll let them figure that one out. So, okay, thinking of uh, books. Mon. Yes. Who wrote the Bible? Yes, that's our question today. I wonder that the person was like, I don't know, I'll get them to tell us who wrote the Bible and <laughs> uh, they'll know what book it is. But that's the thing. The the, the lo- People often think of the Bible as like a book, right? Oh, by the way, if you know the answer to our quiz, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. People often think of the Bible as a book, but it's more a library of books, uh-huh. I want to say. Yeah. Because it contains 66 books. Yeah. And as is with different books, written by different authors. That's it. Some yeah. of them are written by the same people. Like the first five were written by Moses. Uh-huh. Um, that's called the Torah. But then you have all different kinds of writers, different languages, different styles, um, you know, poetry. Mm-hmm. And you have like uh, Mark who sort of like, you know, he did like a headlines kind of junkie. Yeah. And then you have, you know, Luke who was a doctor and so he's very detailed and yeah. clinical. And then, you know, have John who John uh, who loved to call himself the beloved of God. He did. And the so, beloved yeah. disciple. Yes. Yeah. And so he's always like in that emotional drenched in his love mm. sort of thing. And so he's, you know, his book is very, um, very touchy feely. Mm. Yeah. So, and, and that's interesting to note because Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they're all the gospels. It's all the same four stories retold by different writers. Yeah. So different account, which is very interesting to mm. read the same story by different, you know, different, yeah. different angles. Um, but, but the thing that is most important to note about this is the inspiration um, that wrote the Bible, you know, in, yeah. in that regard. We actually have a Bible verse. I'm going to get you to read it out for us. Yes. Which one would you like me to uh, read? The first Timothy, first Timothy uh-huh. um, tells us a little bit about who it was, you know, that inspired and that guided the, the writers um, of the Bible. Okie dokie. So this is actually second Timothy. Oh, yeah. sorry. Second Timothy chapter three and verse um, 16. And it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Mm, so there you have it right there. It was given by inspiration of God. Mm-hmm. So people, I think sometimes people don't realize it was written by humans. Yeah. They think it was written by God. The only thing that God ever wrote uh, was the Ten Commandments. He wrote them with his own finger on a yeah. tablet, um, which then was smashed yes. uh, when, when Moses um, saw the people worshiping the false gods when he came up the mountain. So he had to go back up. And the second time he had to carve it himself. Mm. Um uh, but is there anything that was written by God himself? Yeah. And so the rest of the Bible was all written by, by humans. Yeah. And people find this quite surprising, but we need to remember it was all written by inspiration of God. Mm. 
Good so, point. Yeah, so so it is all a valid book. It is all as as you said, they're profitable for doctrine, for correction, for yeah. for your life basically. Yeah. It's a good life book, a life library, I should say. Anyway, if you have any more questions, we love fielding questions. Um, we can you can bat all day, we'll just collect those those questions as they come. Is forgiveness or the lack of forgiveness eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au.
Welcome back to Faith FM. You're here on The Breakfast Show for our final segment before the weekend kicks off. Happy Friday, everyone. This is our free giveaway time section, and I love giving away free stuff. Today, we actually have a wonderful music album, wonderful CD that Taryn's picked out, and it's actually really quite fitting because we've been talking about Armageddon mm. and you know and how it's going to end this is yeah. the thing people are scared about this Armageddon th- you know this uh, this thought about Armageddon having this massive conflict but the Bible tells us the end it tells us the that's outcome. exactly right and that's what yeah. we're going to be talking about next week and I'm so mm-hmm. excited yeah, about that because yeah. Revelation people think that it's a scary book but it just ends so beautifully oh, amazingly and uh, and so the album and the cover the, the title of the album might give away a little bit about mm-hmm, the, the end of yeah, Revelation. Well. <laughs> it's called Eternity Together. Yeah. And it is by the wonderful Carly Fletcher, who we frequently play on our show. And, uh, you know, the, um, we've put up put up this album, put pictures of it up on our Facebook, our Insta, and our Twitter. So you can have a look at the track listing. They're all based on Bible verses. Um, and, you know, Jeremiah, John, Isaiah, Revelation, Lamentations, Corinthians, Daniel, Jeremy. There's, uh, everything in there is based on a particular um, Bible verse. And it all all the references um, are listed next to the song. So when you're listening to it, you can, um, you, can you know, look in your Bible and, uh, and learn the song that goes with it. So it's a beautiful album. If you would like a copy, give us a call right now. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number. 1-800-324-843. You can text 0491-064-669 or just talk talk back to us on our social media uh, on the post. Anyway, that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you, Taryn, mm. for coming in, helping yeah, out. Yeah, no worries. So, for Lyle, thank you for listening, uh, joining us here. Of course, we'll be back Monday morning after the 7 o'clock news. We're looking forward to, to having, you, uh, having you back with us then. Uh, if you have any questions about the Bible, if you would like to know more, give us a call here. We would love to tell you all about the Bible. Have a good weekend.